you are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. <clears throat> so, if I said to you that Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor are having their trilogy fight on July 10th, what would your reaction be? Joy. Too soon? Oh, okay, too soon, you say. Too soon for who? Both? Too soon for everybody? Who is it too soon for? Let me, let me hear it. For everyone. For everyone. I mean, I get it. There are two top tier fighters and you know the respect for each other uh in their last match was very strong um right i think i think a lot of people want to see that classic you know oh hey connor lost this match but he's going to learn from his mistakes and he's going to go in there and dominate dustin um but it's too soon and i again it's just I think a lot of it has to do with uh, going back to the whole stat cards just constantly with this whole ESPN thing, in my opinion. Um, I feel like they should wait at least maybe till the end of the year. I, I, I feel like it it's just way too soon but if for Connor, a rematch but, that quickly. Right, but if Connor wants to fight three times in 2021, this will be his second fight, and then he'll have his final fight uh, like in the fall winter correct sounds about right right so okay so then let me let me put this out who would you rather see conor mcgregor face than for his second fight of the year if we're under the assumption that he's going to get all three done here's the thing uh, do you think a rematch is necessary or do we move on to the next fighter uh, I mean, was this well, even a who? title shot? It wasn't a title for, no, shot. No, it was right? not a title shot. But like, what are you, who are you talking about? You talking about Connor? You talking about Dustin? Who are you talking about? Well, if Connor lost, then why should Connor get the rematch? Ah, this wasn't a title shot. You know, I mean, so who's the next in line for Dustin? Uh, whoever has the belt, I would say. Which right, right now is nobody because it's up for grabs. So, ooh, so do you think this third match should be a title fight then? Uh, do See you think Conor, Do title. you think Conor McGregor is worthy of a title fight right now, currently? Currently, well, I mean, that's the thing, right? He's all hype. He does great business for the UFC, but as far as he's lost his last two, him fights. deserving, yeah. Right, that's the thing, right? So, uh, does he deserve a title shot? No, I think he needs to take a step back. And oh, I'm sorry, he didn't lose his last two fights. He beat Cow- he beat Cowboy Cerrone. I'm sorry, that's my bad. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah, he- the last time he fought was Cowboy. <laughs> it's because he fought Nurmagomedov, lost, fought Cowboy, uh, won pandemic hit he fought dustin poirier and then he lost and then lost yeah um yeah does he deserve a title shot i mean okay so currently there's no title holder where are they in the rankings i don't know i assume dustin is up there uh you know connor kind of confuses me though because it's like in the past, you claim you're retiring, but then you come back. You're, you're, oh, now you're done. You're going to retire, but then you come back. You, you know, you go up in a weight class. You, you beat Cerrone, <clears throat> but then you go back down. I mean, what, what, what's going so on? So right now, lightweight has no champion. At number one is Dustin Poirier. At number two is Justin Gaethje. At number three is Charles Oliveira. At number four is Michael Chandler. At number five is Tony Ferguson. At number six is Conor McGregor. He's number six, huh? Yeah. Um, well, I think he needs to uh, work his way to the top. See, I mean, Ooh, that's what look at that. look I at think that. a civilized... I think that's what... A civilized? <laughs> uh, I, uh, that's what a... Uh, 
that's the logic, right? That's that's what makes sense. But again, it's Conor McGregor. But you asked me, does he deserve the shot? Yes. Technically, Technically. he doesn't deserve it. Correct. For business, for business purposes and for the sake of the name Conor McGregor, I feel like he that trilogy might be a title shot Mm-mm. for one of those two guys. I would do Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje for the vacant lightweight championship belt. I would do um I would do Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler for the runner up and then I would do Tony Ferguson versus Conor McGregor. So that's what I would do because Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler determines the like the third in line, second third mm-hmm. in line, depending on on how that championship fight goes. And then runner up is Tony Ferguson or Conor McGregor. That's what I would do. But if you like you said for business reasons, I'm squeezing what I can out of Conor before that spark goes out. So mm-hmm. you put him up there, right? But Tony Ferguson. He got mollywopped by Justin Gaethje. Like, Justin Gaethje beat the fuck out of him for, what, like four or five rounds? So, I mean, do you let Tony go out? Like, uh, do you give him a shot to go out? You know what I mean? Like, do you give him a a contention, like a contender fight to get him in line? Or do you wait to see how it falls out? Michael Chandler's a shiny new toy from Bellator. But, you know, Michael Chandler's had a career already. Like, it's not like he hasn't been fighting. So he he probably doesn't have the longest amount of tread in comparison. Um, So that's what I would do. Dustin Poirier or Justin Gaethje should be champion. The loser should be number two. Number three should be Michael Chandler or Charles Oliveira. And then after them should be Tony Ferguson or Conor McGregor. That's that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. That's personally how I would look at it. I think this fight is, like you said, too soon. Yes. But like you said, I'm very curious because this fight happened because Connor wanted it to happen. We, 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 we both know that. This wasn't because Dustin mm-hmm. was like, I want to rematch the guy I just beat. Like, I'm sure he wants the payday again because it's a huge fucking payday. But he also would probably rather fight for the belt. But right now, he has a chance to make more money fighting Conor McGregor than he does fighting for the belt. So he's choosing the money option, which I don't blame him. It's the fight game. You make you make your fucking money and you, and you get out. Um, so this we know comes from Conor. And Conor, as we've seen before when he's lost, except for Nurmagomedov, he comes back as like an obsessed, an obsessed, like goal-driven um I don't want to make it seem like he's a psychopath or anything, but he's just like hell bent with his drive and determination of righting his wrongs of what he did in his loss. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm curious. And that's where this problem happens because you're right about everything you just said. But a part of me goes, but I'm curious about how he handles it. What is he developing and working on for that leg kick? What is he trying to, what, what is he doing to, to, because he's, you know, he's watching that tape over again. You know, he's sitting there like it's eating away at him about how something he, he overlooked something and something like a low calf kick was able to beat him. So I feel like there's something there that he is festering and pondering over. And we saw it in the Nate Diaz fight, right? Like he lost to Nate Diaz in the first uh, fight. The second fight came back. He had better cardio. He was way more measured. He wasn't just trying to slug out the power shots all all fight. He attacked that yeah. lead leg because Nate Diaz is heavy on the lead leg because he doesn't care about getting taken down. So you saw the game. You, you saw this entire change of demeanor in character from him as well. He was stoic. He was calm. He was very collected. Even leading up, even walking into the octagon, you saw that he had a different face on walking into the octagon than when he did in the first one, uh, the first fight. So I'm just very curious as to see what he does to take on Dustin uh, for the third time. And it's also kind of sad because if Connor comes back the way Connor has in the past and he beats Dustin Poirier, this takes Dustin Poirier out from the number one position and puts Connor McGregor in that position. And then it's going to be Connor mm-hmm. McGregor versus Justin Gaethje for the belt, right? And this is what you said. He's good for money. This is a good business move. It's not a good fan move. Like, it's not a good 
I don't I don't think Dustin should have taken the fight. I can't say based on the fact that I don't have a family. I'm not in his I'm not in his shoes and I don't have the inside numbers of the payday he'll get from doing this, but I personally would say, dude, it's not worth it cuz what if you do lose to him? And if you do lose to him, what happens to your rankings and your chances at the belt, right? Yeah. So yeah. That's that's the tough thing. But then it comes down to, am I in this for the money or am I in this for the belt? Right? Like, that drives it. That drives his decision-making, I have to say. Yeah. It's, it like, again, it's just very, it's one of those rare occurrences, right? Again, like, to even have a rematch for something that isn't... A title fight. Uh, right. Well, the day DS Which fight is, wasn't a title fight. Right. Yeah, you know what? That's that's true. That's true. I guess again, it's just all for business. But I mean, in this scenario, I mean, think about it. Uh, Habib is officially retired. Yes. Who is Connor's nemesis? Right. Yes. Why wouldn't the fans want to see Connor try to reclaim that title? I think instead of a regular rematch, this should be hey. I mean, both guys, I mean, they're both hungry, right? I could see Connor trying to make his way back to that champion status again. Whereas right. Dustin, right. this is what he's been working for his entire career. He's always been right there yes. and then has lost it. Yes. This is his chance not only to get the title, but then to attempt to beat Connor two times. Yes. And make a name for himself. Not only are you making a name for yourself, hey, I'm the guy that beat Connor twice, I'm now champion. Correct. So So maybe this as much as as much Go, 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 go. Go ahead. Go, no, no, no. I was gonna say, as much as I, I again say I think it's too soon, at the same time, I I think if they turn it into a title fight, um I'd say go for it. Okay. Okay. I mean, another thing we haven't considered is how confident is Dustin Poirier? He must feel real confident about about fighting him if he's willing to put all that on the line because he goes, you know what? I can I, I can win. I know I can win. I just did it. And I can mm-hmm. win. I know that because of like what I saw and what I felt, I know I have better technique, better power, better whatever it is. I know I can beat him. So yeah, let's go. He wants it. I'll do it. Let's go. See, you also have to learn from your opponents, too. And True. these guys aren't dumb. You know what I mean? Like, they realize everybody watches their footage. Yes. It's, I mean, every fighter in that weight class, no matter what weight class Connor is in, I should say. Right. Every fighter in that particular weight class needs to understand Connor's not an idiot. Mm-hmm. He he learns from his mistakes. Yes. And he conquers. Yes. He, and, it, and the thing is, is that has never failed him. Anytime that dude has had a rematch against an opponent, he has learned from his mistakes mm-hmm. and has conquered. Yep. You know who else was like that? GSP. Okay. Right. Right. Very, very. You're very right. The difference with GSP is that GSP came back and dominated in the rematches. Like, yes. <laughs> like <laughs> he was possessed by a demon when he came back in the rematches. And it was just, who the fuck is this guy? This isn't even the same guy. <laughs> like, this guy's completely yeah. different. <laughs> Holy shit. That was the difference with GSP. GSP coming in a rematch was fucking terrifying. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. You you are right. You are right. Um, okay, cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Okay, so moving on. You know what we do. We each come with a little thing, a little tidbit, a little... A little snacky poo to bring and share with each other. So I'll go first. In light of the recent change of the belt in the heavyweight division in the UFC with Francis Naganu knocking out Stipe Miocic, I want to ask you if this only applies to the heavyweight division or would this apply to every division um, and how you evaluate uh, championship level uh, ability. Mm. Do you judge it by the reign of the championship, by of the champion for the belt, right? Like the the number of fights, um, like how many title defenses, all that other stuff, all the stats, right? 
the stats of takedown defenses and strikes landed and all this other shit? Or do you judge it by the definitive style of how the fights are won? Right? So, right. Now, this touches base um, on the thing that we've always had to defend against when you and I would go to bat for GSP about people saying, oh, he just wrestles and he just wrestle fucks and goes for the, the scorecard, for vic- vic- like the victory, and that's it, blah, blah, blah. He's not really dominant. It's right. like, well, he is dominant because he's beating them on scorecards because they can't do anything to him. But I bring this up because you have a guy like Francis Naganu, who's, I'm assuming he's going to have a title reign, right? Well, he's going to have a... a, a at the very least, a few fights where he's going to just be continually the champion. His style of winning is these brutal knockouts, right? He has the brutal Johnny Hendricks, Mike Tyson combination of of blessed knockout power. Is that more definitive of his caliber of being a champion versus the actual stats of his title reign? So let's say hypothetically he gets taken down a bunch. Let's say hypothetically... Um, He's actually down in the scorecards the majority of his fights. Let's say hypothetically, he 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 doesn't have the same level of dominance that Stipe did. Stipe has been considered by everyone to be called the greatest heavyweight of all time in the UFC. That is based on the statistics of his fights. It's not only just like, oh yeah, he did like a backwards knockout KO of uh, Fabricio Verdum, like, or hey, he like he was able to like outmaneuver and outbox and take down Francis, and look at that defense, or look how he came back against DC. He beat Daniel Cormier. Like, yeah, those things are mentioned, but the real thing that's mentioned is how long he held it. It's mentioned about who he defended it against and how he survived. It's about his 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 abilities that gave him those stats less so of he had, like the way he finished this person or the way he the way he dominated that person that doesn't really get brought up as much as much as just the fact that he's always won so i'm trying to say if stipe won with his reign and then we have francis let's say hypothetically he has the exact same heavyweight championship reign in like title defenses and fights and all that other stuff as stipe would we judge francis as the better heavyweight king because of the fact that he has a special skill flashy you know it's flashy but a special skill of just knocking people the fuck out all the time and just oh my god he's down and out like like all that shit you know what i mean yeah i so i think we had talked about this way in the past but this is kind of like are we abusing the term goat? You know, it's like, mm. it's like at this point, whoever's champion, you hear from commentators, oh, he's the goat. He's the goat. He's the greatest of all time. <laughs> well, clearly, well, because he's champion. Okay. Well, w- so to get more in depth, I mean, again, guy who just retired, Habib. The guy hugged your legs, right. brought you to the ground, tired you out. And then went for and a choke. Some, most went for the choke. Yeah. And you know what? Undefeated career. So was he the flashiest person? No. Um, but to defend him, a lot of different fighters with a lot of different styles went up against him. And not one person could win. So as far as the heavyweight, okay. as far as Francis Naganu or, or comparing him to Stipe, right. um, Again, I mean, it's you know what it is. It's in my opinion, I feel like it's even too soon to start talking about a fighter and their capabilities as far as reigning supreme as champion. Like this is Nagano's what first championship ever. I, yes. I'm actually not familiar with his like entire career, but I mean. So that's what I mean. Oh like, God! Wait, you you're not sure? Uh, you don't know about his entire career? His entire career? No. Like I'm not that familiar with him. Like going back years and years, but he got into um, fighting late, very late. Like okay, he was not a fighter. He wasn't like some young fighter coming up through the ranks. He was a like late, like DC late, like thirty. I think in his thirties. I think. Yeah, I think around then. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's the... Well, no, because he's 34. So, no, I think mid to late 20s. But, like, okay. he went, he didn't, like, go through... He didn't have, like, an Olympic background before he came in. He was, like, a child laborer. Like, he was that a I child do, laborer I heard about. Yeah. for sand yeah. mines. Like, digging yep. sand pits. And, like, he ha- had to run away and escape from it. And when he then he was homeless on the streets of Paris or France. Just, I don't think he was in Paris specifically. But streets of... Uh, the streets of, of France... And he was homeless, and then he was finding ways to get into like a like a fight gym, like a boxing gym, to use the shower and bathroom. And that's when like he started finding ways to, uh, I think, pay for classes. And he was just like a monster right off the bat. Like he came out like Godzilla. It wasn't like oh, it's little Godzilla, and then he like he like grew up and got became big Godzilla. No, it was like oh fuck, there's Godzilla. Like that's was that's Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou just was good. He's not like, oh, like he's growing and like, oh, he's going to become like bigger and stronger. It's like, nope. Here's a guy that kills people in the ring. Like, <laughs> just boop. We put gloves on him and he's just killing people right off the bat. And that's, don't forget, that's what got him to Stipe the first time. That's why he got exposed because he had no other skills. Because they were like, okay, you're going to throw some punches. One of these punches lands, you kill him. That's, that's what's going to happen. Like, your normal uppercut is basically like the Hadouken. Like, it's going to just fucking, like, take people's heads off. So just throw the uppercut and you'll be fine. And he would do it. Like, shovel uppercut. Boom. Alistar Overeem almost has his neck snapped. Like, it's just... (laughs) That was... that's Yeah, so he's an anomaly to the game, right? Okay. So, yeah, that's that's his background. So, during this time, then, I take it he hasn't had... Um, I mean, obviously, I'm sure he does now through coaching, but so he went in without any professional training, like any sort of martial arts background, or did he grow up doing anything? Nope. Nope. He literally was like, I think he was showering and using the bathroom of a place called the MMA factory, I think it was. And he just started taking, they they were just like, hey, come here. Like, we're going to teach you. You're big. We're going to teach you how to punch. (laughs) And gotcha. like, that was it. And then it was like, okay, cool, go spar. Oh my god, you killed him. And it was just like, oh, I'm sorry, I killed him. I didn't know. And they were like, okay, we're gonna get you some fights because <laughs> you're in, you're you're a freaking nature. Like you're a yeah yeah. So yeah, that's how that works. So freak genetics and just his upbringing and stuff. Um, well, again, it's like could be right. I mean, when you're wrestling bears at like four years old or whatever. You know, there's a certain level you know, of, uh, yeah, there's a hardness to you. So, I mean, but to, to go back to my point, because the question still hasn't been answered, I'm going to assume Francis Naganu is going to be champion for a while. I could be wrong, right? Stipe could beat him in every match if Stipe wants it, but Stipe already came out. I mean, this. he has lost before Francis, right? Who was it against? Uh, Who, Stipe? Within the last few years. No, Francis. Um, oh, he man. lost to Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, yes. He lost That's to Derek right. Lewis by decision. That was oh, the that fight. Was just decision. That was the fight where they wouldn't engage because Derek had like a locked up back, and Francis was so timid after getting Molly whopped for like five rounds by Stipe. So Francis wouldn't commit and wouldn't like wouldn't take charge. And Derek was like, "I'm not going to do anything because my back is literally frozen and I can't move it because it's so locked up and seized because I have back mm-hmm. issues." So they just stood there in the ring at each other for five rounds. Or three rounds or whatever. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, he's lost. He's lost to Stipe, and he's lost to Derek Lewis. Okay. Um, I Honestly, we're, we're going to have to wait it out. I, I hate how as soon as somebody becomes champion, they're just... They, they just... They're, they're the ultimate god, you know? Um, that's all that's really it i true that, <laughs> i wish know, i could that, get more into detail like that, no, that's I, a good point. I i need to see more from him i i have seen fights um i mean it's impressive i'm not hating on the guy whatsoever but i i have to see this guy fight maybe another three times to get my honest opinion as champion i feel mean. like I feel like it, you know what if you could defend your title five times in a row, okay, there's something special about you, especially if it's five okay, different guys. Okay, okay, I got you. Oh, I know what you mean now. I know what you mean. You're saying you cannot make a claim of they're gonna be great without 
seeing some format format some kind of blueprint that they put down of of greatness because they haven't done anything yet. right like we yeah. can't be calling it just because just because the potential is there we can't be calling it yeah and it it, it also goes back to this point too uh because it's it also ties in right it's not to beat a dead horse but again like when we talk about uh the triple C champs or whatever. It's like, okay, you guys got the title in that one fight. And then after that, you talk to your coaches and we're like, you know what? I'm going to go up in class. I'm going to go down or I'm going to go up in weight, down in weight. And then you dominate that. But then you leave again. You don't stay at that weight. You don't fight a few rounds. You then jump around. So it's like, well, you could claim to be triple C or double champ or whatever, but is it legitimate or right, is it right, just, right, right. Hey, I got it this one time, but Hey, technically I am because here's my belt. So true, true. You're right. To get my respect, to get my respect, you need to f- maintain your title for five fights Four four or five fights. I think that's fair. I think five fights is fair. Yeah. Um, five fights is a lot for a championship though. That's a lot of championship fights. Think of all the greats that have gone way beyond that, though. Okay, you're true. That's very true. That's that's very accurate. You're you're very right. Okay, it's a yeah. good point. It's a good point. Um, okay, all right. What is your point? Your little snacky poo tid- tidbit that you want to bring up in conversation? Actually, I want to. Uh... I hope it has nothing to do with the fucking. <laughs> background you have going right now which makes me think of Willy Wonka's factory I want to lick them and taste them <laughs> sorry that's that's very overtly sexual out of the for in the middle of nowhere for those listening who can't see what I'm seeing uh, microscopics has an entire wallpaper color-coded of all the Pokemans uh, listed out um, so it looks like the the fruit wallpaper the candy wallpaper and with a Willy Wonka chocolate factory it's like Oh, the snozberries taste like snozberries. Like, yeah, it looks like that. But continue, Mikey. What's your point? (laughs) So I actually wanted to talk about what we discussed last episode because you said you wanted to hear about uh, what I was able to come up with about the whole uh, whole six versus six or three versus three, whatever we decide to do. You're talking about the, uh, the email that you sent me. In the week. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So continue. I, I I actually did sit down. I typed this out. I'm, I had my laptop, and I'm like, all right, I really need to think like how this is going down, and it, and it was more for the rules, if anything. Um, so pretty much whatever is not allowed, it's kind of like going back to early UFC, right? So right. Very simple. Very simple. Uh, I'm just going to go over some stuff real quick. So, obviously, no biting, no eye poking or eye gouging. Uh, You can't throw somebody outside of the fight area. Or if you're afraid of your opponent and you just start running, you can't just run out. um, Right. Because those will be qualified as a loss. Uh, And, obviously, no spitting. Um, Now, another thing that I did remember back in early UFC was they actually allowed fighters... to to wear combat like foot apparel. Yes. But the catch yes. was you you were not allowed to kick. So I With figure you know what you, that's yes. actually yeah, that's interesting. I mean, if you're like a natural boxer and you're just used to the uniform and you want to wear the boots because you're only going to throw punches like I I respect that. Go in but just don't kick. You know, yep. if it happens to go go to the ground, you cannot use your legs and that's the handicap, right? Like you cannot use your legs yeah. to help defend or attack. So okay. it, that's actually, I think, a, a cool twist to this whole thing too. It's like, well, how's the the arms only fighter going to get out of a situation like that? Like, I wonder if it's even possible. So I decided to add that um, as far as what is not allowed, what is allowed in the ring. And then I went on and decided, okay, well. We were talking about uh, 
a team of six fighters versus another team of six, or mm-hmm. perhaps three versus three, whatever the yes. number is. I, yep. I I decided that six six versus six uh, for this sake, right? So um, the rounds will be three minutes long. Uh, so six three minute rounds with a minute break in between. Um, the coach will actually determine who gets to fight every round. Right. Uh, like depending how the round turns out. Okay. So this was the one thing I had to think of now as far as the point system goes because it's not just your typical okay, well this fighter it, it it's not a, a whole breakdown, right? Correct. Uh, unless both fighters are left standing at the end of the round. So Correct. For example, I have um if a fighter gets knocked out from either a strike or a submission, or uh, they're disqualified in participating in the other five rounds for the entire match event. Right. Um, and then the winner of that match will move on to the next round to face a new opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, if that same fighter happens to win that second match, they can no longer pa- participate in the remainder of that event. And that's just due to, I mean, the guy's got a rest. He just fought against two different fighters who were Correct. both well-rested. Correct. So for the remainder of the match, he's out, but that does not count as a loss towards that team. He's just simply out. Um, if both fighters happen to be left standing for both matches, both rounds, that's when it comes down to the stats, right? Who had the better... Uh, who was striking more, who was defending more, uh, how many, what's their takedown offense, defense, stuff like that. And then it becomes a point system off of those stats. Yep. Um, and let's see, uh, just kind of going over my notes here. While you're reading your notes, I just want to say something I really liked about what you did because I'll be honest, at first I was like, I was questioning some of it, but I realized what you did was really good in that it forces action. Like it forces mm. aggressive, it forces aggressive planning. You know what I mean? Mm. It forces you to go get it. You can't really sit back too much. Right. Which I thought was very interesting. Very, very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I simply put, you know, if both fighters happen to, again, be left standing um, after the second round, the second match with each other, right. a winner has to be declared by that at that point. But then neither of those fighters are allowed to participate because they just did two rounds, right? So um, for health reasons, and right. again, it right, and then obviously the losing fighter doesn't get an extra loss towards that you know what i mean um and then this was something else i was thinking of too i obviously there's this whole system where okay now we're not banning or just i guess i hate to even say disqualify but when you're telling fighters okay they cannot participate anymore in the rest the remainder of the the match um the coach has to realize okay now i'm losing fighters who else can i go up against i just lost two fighters that just both fought twice. I have four left, Yep. you know? Yep. So this rule was, you know, if a coach happens to run out of viable fighters due to their injuries or a ban for two consecutive fights, uh, their team loses the entire match, you know? So it's pretty much last man standing, even if it was due to uh, uh, a ban of not being able to fight in another round. Yes. So the matches could go quickly or they could go, you know, the full length of the time. But I, I was trying to think of specific ways of, um, how to determine who gets points. How many times does, can a like one fighter actually go through a fresh opponent each round? I'm like, that's not realistic. You know, two times is enough. Um, yeah, more than that is like you're asking for injury. Right. So, right. yeah. Um, and obviously, both teams have to be the same weight class. 
You know, it cannot be a team of six where it's like, all right, I have a lightweight, a welterweight, a heavy. Like, it's like, no, no, they're either all lightweights or all heavyweights, so on and so forth. But yep. you kind of get the idea from there. I do. Um, so I, what are your thoughts and opinions or critiques? I liked all of it. I didn't really have any critiques because once I realized what you were doing was minimizing injury as much as possible while encouraging aggressive game planning and fight styles, I was like, this is a really well put together idea. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, I was like, this is really well done. Um, the one thing that I was thinking of is, is six too much and should it be five? Yeah, see, that's where that's that's the thing too. Um, I was like, I really didn't know what to go. I, I and then I, I was thinking, well, three might be too little, and the matches might go real quick. Um, so five might be even better. Yeah, um, I was thinking like six seems like too much. Three seems like eh, on the cusp of being too little. Four is I don't know something about four. Five could do it. I I don't. Know. I think five would be good. Five on five. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just <laughs> I don't know what it would take to get. I would love if for some reason in five years this is a thing and you're the CEO and like this is. <laughs> like competing against all the other fight organizations and it's just like it's this trademarked copyrighted uh, product intellectual property like idea I, I would fucking love it i just don't know the steps to make that happen so if anybody's right. listening and wants to uh and wants to try to try to tell us that um there's a way to do it uh please Please reach out to us and let us know because I think it would be great if we if we knew <laughs> how to do this. Like, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those situations where it's going to have to be like a rags to riches situation where we just start in a fucking backyard or like a field. <laughs> we just claim a, a portion of no, a, no, like no, a soccer no, we field don't, we or don't, something. We don't because MMA is mainstream now. MMA is on ESPN, bro. There's no need to do that anymore. There's totally a way to do it still. Yeah, there should be a way to do it. It's just how do you get the liquid capital in order to get this off the ground and to come together mm -hmm. and get it approved with like athletic commissions and all this other shit? I have no idea. It's so crazy. There's yeah. so much, so many steps involved. Um, lots of uh, lots of uh, documentaries about the UFC's history is going to have to be watched and listened to in order to really know. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, like, like, like my review of what you wrote down is that I think it is all very, very on point so far. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think it's great. I think it's great. Yeah. The one thing I'm having a hard time with still is like, okay, well, what's the incentive for these fighters to come in? Right. And Money. put it all out there because Money. right well that but also it's like well how do we go about doing some sort of title shot or well here's what you do uh, here's what you do so like, what, what do we do no no i know what you do what we're doing first of all is that we're taking an individual sport where it's a one-on-one -on -one, it's a person versus a person we're turning it into a team sport we're making a team mma sport that's what we're doing mm -hmm. so you would do just like you do with every other uh sport team you would do title shots uh, you would do championships like you made it to the champ like here are the standings your team made it to the championships and now you play or in this case fight for the championship whether it's the world series whether it's the stanley cup the isabel cup whether it's the nd 500 whether it's you know uh the fucking whatever whatever it is the like the world cup fifa like it's whatever it's the same thing you know what I mean? It's just a championship. You just treat it like a championship. That's all it is. So you don't yeah. you don't pay out the team as individuals in the sense of like, well, you all are now the individual champions of each of each weight division. It's like, I mean, hey, you could do it that way. Once your team gets there, you are te like everybody is technically like the heavyweight person, the lightweight person, the light heavyweight person, the welterweight person, the featherweight person. Technically, they are all the champions of their weight classes so they all have individual belts you could do that or you could do it as a team thing where it's like 
team, you know, MMA foundations coming from like Wisconsin, United States. You have won the Pokemon Championship. Here is your badge, and you can give the team like the badge, right? And then like that team gets like to hold up the giant badge of like, hey, we did it! You look at us, we won! We are the champions! <laughs> and it's just this—they're popping champagne bottles like all the all the basketball, like all the players do when they when they get back to the locker room, right? Like it's that—that's yeah. what it is. You're yeah. making this a team sport. You're making it just like football. You're making it just like soccer, just like baseball, just like basketball, just like hockey. You're making it like every other team sport where it's like this this whole multifaceted like way to become a champion. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I think. I think it would be really cool. I think and then you could have fantasy sports with it. You could do fantasy MMA uh like stuff like I, I like I play fantasy hockey. You could do fantasy um MMA stadium and it's just this yo you playing MMA stadium this season? Yeah, dude. Holy shit. Hell yeah. I'm all I, I'm all in on uh on Team TriStar or like, you know, I got like this person from Team TriStar and this person from Team uh Winklejohn and this person from Team Alpha Male and like I have this featherweight from Team Alpha Male and I got this Holy heavy- shit. You just gave me an idea. Yeah. Good. <laughs> you know how they have like <laughs> seriously you know how they have like all-star basketball teams where it's like yes dudes from a bunch of fuck yes imagine like Walter Waits from UFC Walter Waits from Bellator and all these other organizations getting together to be on the team so it's not trying to find new fighters it's trying to find maybe already existing fighters and getting them together on all-star teams we're gonna have an all-star welterweight team an all-star Light you could weight, do that. Heavy. Oh yeah, you could do that, and then you can have ultimate like battles of like, okay, we're gonna do. We have here are here's like four teams in the pool, five fighters apiece. So that's twenty fighters. So you have basically multiple top ten welterweight fighters from all divi- from all organizations fighting. That would never fly because the fighter contracts with the with the organizations, unless unless this. This MMA stadium organization somehow unified all the organizations, like the IOC or something, like the Olympic mm. Committee, and it was like the the Olympics instead. Which, if you follow team sports, the Olympics in team sports, like for example, hockey, hockey players can go play for their country. It's built into the CBA. It's the collective bargaining agreement, like um, like the NHLPA, the Players Association, fought for the right for the players to play in the Olympics to represent their country because that's what a lot of players want to do. So it gives them the the clause to be able to go do it. And naturally, NHL owners don't want that because it's like, you're my product on contract. And if you get injured for somebody else's product, I have to pay for the repercussions because you're going to come back to our season. And then like if you're injured and you're our, one of our star players because you went to the Olympics... And then we miss the we we don't win the playoffs because you're injured because you went to go do this thing that's not on contract. I could I could see the complications of it, but I love what, where you're going with this. I could see the complications of it being like roadblocked, but I think you're on a right. good path. I think you're on a great path for it. But yeah, or maybe the, yeah, maybe that's a, a goal to reach. You know, that's the dream. That's yeah. the dream. So you are first and foremost the Dana White of this organization because I just don't have time. So you have the time in comparison. So you are the Dana White in this situation. And uh, yeah, I, I really hope that there's, you know, documentaries made about you <laughs> in 10 years. And they could be like, yo, it's Mikey <laughs> <laughs> with the same Pokemon wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and it's slow-mo shots of you walking up the steps to your private jet and it's like Mikey <laughs> microscopics as he's known prior to his time of fame <laughs> like just just like, like like talking over like the voiceover and shit dude that'd be hilarious. yeah yeah that'd be fucking hilarious um oh, yeah so what i was saying mma stadium just as a random <laughs> title but do you have a name for this yet or no Dude, the only thing I could think of <laughs> was uh, <laughs> okay. So if if we're changing it to five, it would be the Elite Five. I, I don't the mind Elite that. Five. I don't mind that. Or, the Elite Five. Before it was six, like the Elite Six. I like again, the Elite it's just Five because of Pokemon, like the Elite Four. Yeah, 
I like yeah. the Elite 5 because you could do T, E, and a 5 in so many cool different design ways T for a five, logo. Yeah. I could totally see it. The T and the E kind of bleed together and the 5 like shoots off on fire by itself or something. Dude, I can totally fucking see this becoming a thing. <laughs> like, you got to make this happen, dude. You got to like, you got to like pour your life into making this happen because I think you can. I think you fucking can. I think your idea is solid. I think you have the time. You, you're putting in the effort. I think this can get off the ground. I 100% do. The only problem is, is I don't know how you would get it off the ground to have viable prospects. Um, I don't know what it takes to open and run an organization other than you make a like a organizational body of you just fill out the paperwork to register like the LLC of it. Right. And then you just go yeah. from there and then you just start hitting up MMA gyms and you start going Hi, my name is Mikey. Uh, you can call me Microscopics. I'm reaching out from the Elite Five organization. And they're going to go, what the fuck is that? And you go, well, we are a brand new organization coming off the ground. And we're looking for people who want to uh, participate. We offer fight contracts right now. Right now we're doing per season. But long story short, we uh, don't do it by individual fight contracts. We do this by seasons because this is a team-based organization. And they're going to go, what the fuck are you saying? And you go, here's how it works at the Elite Five. And then you explain to them the, the rules. Yep. And Or you could just like send them a YouTube video of like Pokemon Stadium going on. And you're like, this is what we're doing, <laughs> but with people. <laughs> 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 like you guys know pokemon right pokemon yeah like but with people <laughs> oh i mean that's probably not, that's probably not the most professional way to, to propose it but you could say like well if you want to get in and join in and that's the problem right in order to have money, you need to have sponsors. You need to have sponsors. You need yeah. to have a product. And in order to have a product, you got to people who buy in. And it's mm -hmm. so difficult to do all of that uh, in the above, right? That's why the UFC needed the Fertitas. The Fertitas came in with money and said, we'll dump money into this to get this professionally off the ground. And then we'll see what happens. And they did. And then it blew up, right? Yeah. You and I are both broke. So we can't really do that. So that's the hard part. But there's got to be a way to at least, like, copyright this idea. Like, send in, like, the 80 bucks for the copyright license to the, mm -hmm. to the feds and just be like, Elite Five, this is what it is. You have this, like, 80-page document of everything. So this way, if anybody with money tries to do this shit, you can go, uh-uh-uh, here's my copyright. You got to pay me for it. That's how you make millions. Like, for real, I mean, not millions, but there's people who uh, do that with domains. So they'll register websites for things that they think are going to be coming out. And they'll register mm -hmm. usernames on social media for people that are not on it yet. So when people do end up going on social media or when companies do roll out something, they go, oh, that website for the thing I wanted, I can't use because it's registered to somebody else who owns it. And they go to that person and say, can I please have this? And they go yeah sure for money yeah it's why you see celebrities or like big name verified people with like you know donald Cerobi, cerrone underscore one it's because somebody registered like donald cerrone donald cerrone yeah so like so like he can't use it unless he pays him and he's mm -hmm. just like fuck you i'll just do an underscore one like fuck it like <laughs> yeah. so but yeah like hey man it's a technique it's a technique mm. all right well Let's let's end the podcast with a little bit of a non uh, a little bit of a non uh, MMA uh, type thing. I wanted to say um, vaccines are open. Mm. The, yeah, they are. The savior in a needle has uh, mm. arrived for for the masses, and I finally signed up for it today. But I just want to say, I want to ask you: Have you tried to sign up for it yet? have i tried i haven't even thought of it because i'm not doing it okay so all right so yeah. with that i just wanted to let you know i was gonna i was gonna like talk to you about how absolutely insane it is to book it 
because obviously everybody in the state's going for it, right? Everybody 16 and over is flooding every system. So there's mm. nothing available, number one. But number two, the thing that I think is really, uh, really admirable, I wanted to say, and I was going to, again, like reminisce about this with you. Um, surprisingly, the websites aren't crashing. Like, <laughs> like they're up and running. Like, there's the VAMS <laughs> website, which is the Vaccine Administrative Administrative Management System by the CDC. It's a government website, and it hasn't mm. crashed. It's been like up. It's been like refreshing. It's been up to date. It's like somehow just everything is running smooth. It's going really well, and I'm just like blown away by. It. I'm just like. I, I just I'm just shocked that this hasn't broken. Like multi-billion dollar companies can't handle like product launches because they break. Yet somehow mm. our government um is able to fucking make a website that's stable. <laughs> right? Same thing with like Walgreens and CVS. They're somehow able to make an appointment scheduler that doesn't crash. And I just wanted to say, like, I I yeah, if you experienced it, I was gonna bitch about it with you. But if if you're if you haven't done it, you're not gonna do it, then you won't know the the suffering and then the joy of the system working, but yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely uh, it's it's definitely a, a, a not a surprise, but a surprise. So yeah, <laughs> in that case, because you have nothing to say in the vaccine front, how about you answer this question? What is the thing that you're going to eat with your family for Easter? Uh, we're actually going to some Italian restaurant. Ooh. Uh, now wait wait wait. Yeah. Wait. Now there's two types of Italian restaurants. There's mm. the wow they use like their mother's recipe, or they use authentic like off the boat like Sicilian Napoleon recipes and you know double double O flour like oh man like they they're going hardcore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everything is in Italian on the menu. This is fantastic. And then you have the Italian restaurant that's people that are not Italians running. That are making pizza as if they're pies, and I mean like, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, not pies, like bread, more so than pizza, and uh, right. it's not really so much the authentic Italian experience, other than they opened a can of tomato sauce and they put it on the fried chicken type experience, and they called it uh, chicken parmesan. So, which Italian restaurant will you be going to? Well, I'll tell you what, I could report back next episode. I've never been to this place before. We were invited by my aunt and her family to go and so yeah it's somewhere in their area where they live um it's called cafe fiore i think fiore Um, or fiore 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 i think okay okay it's in the everyone knows we live in the state of connecticut by now so it's it's in uh branford branford connecticut i've never heard of it but i'm excited I hope the yeah. I, hope I saw pictures. It, it looks it looks fancy. Uh, well, let's so that tells way. me it's it's not a mom and pop, a eight recipes from uh, two hundred years ago type of place. No, know? no, 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 no. One hundred percent could be because that's what I mean by fancy. The non fancy place is the place where you get a flyer with coupons. Like if you buy two pizzas, you get a giant liter of Coke as well type Italian restaurant. That's Oh, see, I th- I think the opposite. I always feel like the hole in the wall places are the places that are the mom and pop places that just they always stayed middle class. They never really branched out. They never went upscale. They just kind of got comfortable. But because of their that comfort, the quality in the food, it's it's like they put more care into the quality of the food than they do the establishment. You get what I'm saying? I do. There are places like that. I do, because then because I've also been to fancier places where the food is just eh, or it's actually not that great. It's like yeah, they put true, more care into true. the building, the aesthetic, than the, food. the aesthetic right. of it. Like look so, how Italian we are. We painted a bridge from Italy on our wall. Does that mean we're Italian? It's like right. Mm, right. Yeah, of course it does. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, there's olive oil here. It must be Italian. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um. Yeah, I know what you mean. As as I will say this though, the mom and pop place that we just described, which by the way I don't think is really a mom and pop place. I I treat it more as like somebody realized that if they sold shitty pizza with coupons and wings with like <laughs> garlic bread, uh, they could hit a lot of drunk people that would come in and just pay for it. So, because I've noticed that a lot of people that happen to run those places 
they aren't Italian. They just know if I take cheese, if I take parm, moots, garlic, tomato sauce, and carbs and throw it together, I can tell people it's Italian. And I feel like that's <laughs> that's those experiences. Like when I get those flyers of like, hey, come to Gino's Pizza. And it's like, okay, cool, Gino's Pizza. Oh, look, you have a buy two medium pizzas, get a side of wings for free. Oh, that's a great coupon. What's another coupon? Oh, if I get like a hot sub, I can get a half of a cold sub with a bag of chips. That's very nice. Look at that. Like, I don't think of those places as authentically Italian. Um, okay. <laughs> if you don't serve calamar, then I, I'm assuming you're not a, a true Italian restaurant. And I'm not. I'm not saying that the, those restaurants that I just described are not worth your time. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just asking. When you say you go, you're going to an Italian restaurant. There's a difference between we want the sustenance of like breaded, fried, cheesy garlic tomato sauce something food versus we're going to like some place where it's like the 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 is wrapped around the the fish before they fry it with lemon or something you know what mm. i mean like it's mm. just a very different vibe and i just didn't when know the restaurant you're to. ordering from has a delivery tracker that's probably an issue <laughs> <laughs> not always not always not always not always not always it's totally fine i will say this and you and I, go, as we've said before in other episodes, you and I go go way back, literally into the trenches mm. of, of mm. kitchens, right? And I, there's, there's a restaurant nearby where I live that I won't name, and they're good, but it's kind of like a mix of both where they're going for like, hey, we're not like fine dining, we're like casual dining, but we're not like... You come here when you're drunk and you're a college kid. You come here with your family because you know the kid's going to want chicken fingers, but we know you want, like, bolognese, right? Like, so <laughs> it's kind of like that, which is weird because when I look at the menu, it, go, it like, I know how some of the stuff is made, and I'm just like, <laughs> I want to say 65% of this is just heavy cream and cheese. Like, all of it. Like, legit, it's like creamy vodka sauce. It's like, yep, I know how much is in that. It's like cheesy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yep, I can expect that. Like, oh, like like our our Cajun cream sauce. It's like, I don't know why that needs cream, but okay, cool, cool. Cajun, Cajun chicken, I get it. Cajun chicken Alfredo or whatever the fuck it's called. Okay, cool. It's just like, it, it's just, but then they do like, you know, fig and brujute pizza and a charcoal, like in a charcoal <laughs> fire. And it's like, that's pretty like you care about this you know what i mean yeah. so it's like it's so weird it's so weird the, the the juxtaposition of like we're gonna serve some trash food but also some like really hard worked food some artisan we'll, shit yeah yeah like right next to it it's like okay i guess i'll get the um 20 cheese mac and cheese with chicken tendies <laughs> along with the balsamic glazed brujute and fig arugula white pizza charcoal fired with your like 48 hour uh fermented dough yeah i'll do that yeah sure like what like it's a, it's a weird it's a weird clash of uh of identities and that's all that's all and mm. since uh the pandemic I don't, i'm not really going anywhere that's pretty much the only place i go to get any kind of quote-unquote italian food when i crave it and um mm. i've just it's something i've picked up on of just this is weird you know, just this is weird. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With that being said, it is a Friday night and I want to go shower because I came back from the gym, ate dinner, and just jumped right on this. So I'm going to say mm. let's end it. Yes. And uh, I hope you and your family have the happiest of Easter's. Oh, you too. And I want you to remember everything about your experience at this Italian restaurant because I hope the second you sit down, they have uh, seasoned olive oil and bread for you. I hope you guys get like <laughs> wine service. No, I'm serious. I hope you get wine yeah. service because guess what? I haven't had that shit for a fucking year at least because of this pandemic nonsense. So True. I hope yeah. you live it for me because I'll, I'll, I'll be out at restaurants and all that shit again um, eventually, but uh, you're going to beat me to it. So have some have a plate of calamar for me uh, and make sure you eat the hot peppers. Don't be... Don't be a little bitch about it. And uh, yep. yeah, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, dude. Until then. Peace. Later. <laughs>